podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is an exciting episode held off to record this one on Sunday, because if you have been living under a rock, Coach Jerome Tang got another blue chip top 50 recruit, according to ESPN, and he's a consensus top 80 recruit in the nation. Again, I think everyone knows who I'm talking about, but we will get there in a bit. It is me, Scout Wildcat, rocking with my trusty co-host, Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup. We got a great show lined up. We got another great week of Blitz Month. Folks, you are going to love it. And speaking of Blitz Month and this week of shows... That's right, we got a sponsor for this week. It is Manhattan Brewing Company right down there in downtown Manhattan, Kansas, home of the 785 Lager. That is just what I cracked. That is beer of the pod today. Folks, it's been a scorcher out there. Almost got heat stroke while mowing my lawn. And know what got me through that? The crisp and delicious, refreshing 785 boys and girls they have just about anything you could want on tap right there in their tap house an awesome atmosphere you see the brewing equipment it is the freshest beer you can get in the state of kansas everything from ipas to lagers from wheats to stouts they have everything you need they have all sorts of fun events going on in the tap room Rest of this summer and into the fall, be sure to follow them on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, so you can stay up to date with everything going on at Manhattan Brewing. They're sponsoring this week of Blitz Month, and that means I have all sorts of great beers of the pod. So be sure to listen in not only for all the great content, but to hear me talk about my friends over at Manhattan Brewing again. 785 Lager is as crisp, as refreshing as beers get. Uh, For tomorrow's episode, it is the traditional Blitz Month uh, preview. Uh, It was a show with Jimmy Goheen, a.k.a. KSU Fan. We recorded that live in the brewery, so you might get a little bit more background noise than you've uh, come accustomed to, Uh, but it is a perfect throwback to when Grant and I, and even Jimmy and I, uh, have done episodes live in breweries, so be sure to listen to that one. It is so much fun. It was so much fun doing another show in a brewery. So uh, we'll probably be back in Manhattan Brewing Co. and doing more episodes this fall, this winter, and over the life of the show. It is great. It is delicious. I'm going to be because I'm doing this by myself. I'm going to be pausing and drinking down on that 
785 logger multiple times this episode. So hopefully my editing skills are good enough that you don't hear me straight up gulping it right into the mic. Uh, But we'll we'll touch on a little bit of football later in the episode. But, uh, you know, leave it to Jerome Tang to come up with a massive recruiting get right as we're ramping up for football season. And again, this man came in and said he's going to elevate, uh, and he's straight up doing it. We, we talked about the anxiety while they were building the roster for this upcoming season. And they're not done. Uh, shout out to, you know, Tom Gilbert set it up and all the, you know, journalists who were part of the press conference. Jerome Tang gave a press conference before him and his staff and the players kind of went off for, you know, a 10-day, 14-day vacation period before classes start up. Uh, him saying that, uh, he wanted 12 and two before he left. We're at 11 and two, uh, which is 12 guys for this season, two for next season, um, and that really tipped us off that the cat signal that he sent out earlier in the week was going to be for this big pickup. But they're still hot on the trails, and this is where I'm going to start on Keontae Johnson. We've talked about him in a few of these episodes. Former Florida player, former preseason SEC player of the year, former uh, first team all SEC uh, wing, uh, you know, stretch four, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and that would be a massive get. And they're still working on that. It looks like it's going to come down between K State, Western, Western Kentucky, and USC. So that's a guy that they're going to be fighting for probably till the end, right before the semester starts. And that would be an absolute game changer for this up, upcoming season. But you can't help but get excited about the 11 guys that they have. I think that they are going to compete, be on the bubble. They're going to have that kind of 18 and we're in type energy, fighting for that number, fighting to get into the NCAA tournament. And that's because this staff was able to get in guys, a lot of them through the portal, and get themselves in position to fight for that NCAA tournament. Now, We'll have to see. If you get Johnson in, that's a massive game changer. That goes from being on the bubble to saying, hey, we expect to be in. We're going to be in. It's going to be fighting for the top you know, three, top four in the conference. That's how big of a get that can be. Uh, but if you look at kind of the history of Western Kentucky basketball recruiting, they're shockingly good at it. So this is going to be a fight. This isn't just uh, easy to be like, all right, look at Western Kentucky and look at K-State. It is going to be a fight, and Jerome Tang said in his press conference, and this is why I'm going to trust him, he has that vision, he has that maturity, it seems like he's been a head coach for 25 years, not this is the first one, but he talks about how, you know what, maybe the guys you thought you wanted, maybe are not the ones that you actually need, so I I trust him in team building, I trust the roster that they've put together, Everyone wants that 12th guy, and and if you get him in, that allows you maybe two redshirt Finister, maybe redshirt Taj Manning, who has been impressing in summer workouts, but it gives you those options, so we'll see if we get there, but here is the reason for the season, because this is, quite frankly, the hottest start to basketball recruiting we've seen. I mean, it's basically as close to the Michael Beasley, Bill Walker poll we have seen since it happened. And again, these guys aren't five stars. They are four stars, but it is a massive get. R.J. Jones, 
He was the number one player in Texas. He was holding it down the Houston area. He's going to play his final year at a prep school up in Utah, uh, where he's going to be playing some of the best high school competition in the nation. So it's kind of like the Link Prep. It's kind of like Sunrise. It's a it's a high school prep academy that's going to travel around playing some of the best of the best schools all season. So you know his senior season is going to be wrapped in high-profile, high-level basketball competition. But R.J. Jones picks K-State over Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Colorado, Texas A&M. There are countless others. Those were the schools that were in, up there at the end of his recruitment. Um, and this is a it's another amazing get. When you pair him in the same backcourt with Day-Day Ames, you have two top 80 kids in the same class, in the same backcourt. This is something that you don't see at many places in the nation. And again, it's been over 10 years since we've seen two guys at this level. And they weren't guards. And they weren't guards. You know, the the combinations were Bill Walker, Michael Beasley, and then Rodney Magruder, and Wally Judge. Obviously, Wally Judge didn't work out. Bill Walker and Michael Beasley did. But these are two guards that are going to be holding it down. R.J. Jones was ranked as high as the number 37 prospect on ESPN. That's putting him in the category of possibly, because ESPN is the one who works with the McDonald's All-American game, that puts him in the conversations to possibly be in the McDonald's All-American game later on in the spring. This is the quality of recruit we are talking about. This is a high-profile kid. Again, if you're looking at the on-three consensus rating, so it it takes a combination of all the recruiting sites, Beasley and Walker were 4-69, Judge and Magruder 12-85, Day-Day Ames and RJ Jones 58-79. Again, This is the only time, except for Michael Beasley and Bill Walker, that you currently have two dudes in the top 80 signed up to be Wildcats. Jerome Tang says he he, he came in to elevate, and that is what he is doing. That is what he's doing. Again, I, I could not be happier. I could not be more excited. Again, I'm telling you guys, you guys listen to the shows throughout the spring. I had some anxiety. I had some worries. I I was one of those people who probably should have been, actually not probably, I should have been more patient when they were building this initial roster. But the patience has been awarded for the people rocking the lavender, people rocking the purple. Because Jerome Tang and Yurik Malagy, those are the two who really came in and delivered this win. You know, Jareem Dowling, he was the assistant coach who was in there for day-to-day games. Now Yurik got his guy. Hey, now it's time for Rodney to get his guy. And again, it's not just those two. Because if you watch this staff on social media, they're giving you a peek in on these big recruiting weekends. They're giving you these peek ins when they're doing practice, when they're interacting with this team. And they're building this culture. They're building this atmosphere of fun and hard work. It is not just the assistant coaches. King Marco Bourne is in there. Austin's in there. Phillip, all these guys, all the staff from the assistants, Kevin Sutton, 
all of the assistants to the uh, to the uh, support staff, Bailey, uh, support staff, director of basketball operations. They are all in there. They're all having fun. We saw on Instagram them doing the karaoke parties. We saw the water balloon fight. But then we see how intense the workouts are. You know, Jerome Tang in his uh, press conference, the end of summer press conference, talked about how they preach family, they p- preach this culture of caring, but if you only see them in the gym, how are you supposed to build that up? And they're taking it to the next level, and you love to see it. And and this is how you grab guys like this. You know, I think everything is getting wrapped up in NIL and all this type of stuff, especially with basketball. And I don't know. I, I don't know if K State is ever going to be able to win bidding wars in NIL. And I don't think Jerome Tang wants to. Jerome Tang, and he said it in his introductory press conference. Hey, don't worry about the you know cents on the dollar when you're talking about NIL. I want guys who are going to work, and I'm going to help them get to the NBA. Again, K State has some collectives set up. We have some donors who are set up. K State is never going to bring you in and make you fend for yourself on the NIL front. But I think this is the same thing with Coach Kleiman as well. We're competitive in NIL, but we're not in the business and getting into bidding wars with other schools. So so what is it going to take to get these type of kids? RJ talked about it in some of his recruitments. He said, when I came to K-State, it wasn't a business trip. It was a family reunion. And again, I, I think sometimes, I think sometimes... Uh, the whole family thing can be overblown, you know. With the bill, it started with Bill Snyder, and it's become an entire university thing. I sometimes get tired of it, but when you hear the recruits say, "Hey, it's not just talk at K State," hey, it really comes through, and then you get the behind-the-scenes looks. You get to see what these guys do on their visits. You get to see how they're operating as a staff with the team. You can see that it isn't all talk. And I think that is what is going to differentiate this coaching staff, this recruiting staff from some of the peers. Now, we currently have the number 10 or number seven recruiting class in the nation with these two guys. Are we going to finish there? I would say odds would say no. I would say odds, odds on we will not. But we could finish in the top 20. We could finish in the top 25. You know, it's it's not about getting to the point where you're competing with Kentucky and Duke and even KU, North Carolina, these blue bloods for a class of four or five stars. Would I take it? Yes, I 100% would. I'm not trying to tell you I don't want it. But what we need to do is capitalize on, especially if you look at the Big 12, we need to be able to put up comparable classes to Texas Tech, to Iowa State, which is having a once in a generation or once in a lifetime type recruiting class. We got to kind of Take that Baylor role. When uh, Jimmy, who's going to be on Blitz Week tomorrow, or Blitz Month tomorrow, when he was breaking down the best classes at Baylor, it wasn't the classes that they had a bunch of five stars. It is getting top 100 talent, keeping them, retaining them, developing them, and then kicking everyone's ass. That's what we need to do. The Big 12 is the single greatest basketball conference in the nation, and it's only going to get better here in the future. So you don't have to become something you're not. Coach Tang, Dowling, Malagy, Rodney Perry, Marco Bourne, uh, Sutton, all these guys know what it takes to win. 
we've seen the blueprint. Just keep chopping away and getting these type of guys. Again, they found their sweet spot. If they're going to be bringing in two uh, you know, top 80 guys, a couple other top 150 guys, these are going to be the best recruiting classes we've ever seen at K-State. But it's not unreasonable to think these guys with the charisma, caring about the kids, with the vision, being able to look at them and say, hey, look what I helped develop at Baylor. That, that That's what Tang says. Malagy says, look at the guys I've worked with. Look at my pedigree down here in Texas. And then you, you look at Jareem Dowling. Hey, the connections into the uh, into the islands, up in Chicago, down in New Orleans. This is a man who is known in these circles, these basketball-rich circles, and say, hey, look at my rags of riches story. Look at me coming up here. Look at my history. And look at what I've been able to build upon in all my stops. Rodney Perry, winning at the high school level, a top AAU coach. Again, these guys, they don't have to fake it. They have the resume. They can point to it, and then they have the connections. I am so pumped, guys. Again, we we haven't seen a combo like this, and they're both guards. And as much as I kind of miss old-school basketball, high-low posts, hook shots, you know, the mid-range, get all this type of stuff. Basketball is evolving. It is about having the elite guards and the elite wings. And we are right there. Two legitimate blue chip guys. You know, both of them will be on the radar of the McDonald's All-American games. These guys are the real deal. When you look at RJ, this is what is fun about him. He can step into any game and take it over. He has elite level athleticism. He can be a dog on the defensive end. An absolute dog. And that's something that we are not going to miss out on in the drone tank era. Tenacious defense has been a calling card for every great K-State team. Going all the way back to Tex Winter. To you know Fitz uh, Simmons. Everyone. Kruger. Hartman. Martin. Huggins. Bruce, it'll be the same with Tank. And this is a guy who fits that. He's probably going to play off-ball guard. He can probably play the wing as well. Because, again, you're acquiring talent. You have Cam Carter, who's going to be waiting in the wings as well. Another top 150 guy. In the system they're going to run, all three of those guys can be on the court at once. He's a bucket getter. He was a he, he played the EYBL circuit, the Nike circuit, with a team that had only been together for a few weeks. For a few weeks, you know, it's not like Mocan, it's not like uh, Pump and Run, it's not like Team Durant or any of these uh, teams, these EYBL teams, these pure programs that have been around. They have this legacy. They're playing together. They threw their team together in a few weeks qualified for Peach Jam, and made some noise there. And again, he was the guy on that EYBL circuit. And again, I I know that basketball is gravely different from the EYBL AAU circuit to college ball. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, every every Peach Jam all-star is going to be the guy in college. Because that's not how it works. But it does tell you that this is a guy who can facilitate. He can get buckets. He can get stops. And again, he's able to...
be the focal point of a team with no chemistry, no gel, no history, and compete with the best AAU teams in the nation. He is good enough to get that ranking. He's a scorer enough to get that ranking and then catch the eye of all these amazing prep schools throughout the entire country. He can score at all three levels. You go back and watch his tape. This is a guy who can get buckets from three. He can throw it down at the rim. And again, the mid-range game, no one likes it anymore. Advanced stats don't like it. I understand, but he can score there too. This is an all-around player who is coming in, who is going to come in ready for the bright lights, ready for everything that is Big 12 basketball. And being able to bring in a point guard in Day Day Ames, and then a two guard in RJ that can hit the ground running like that, you don't see that. You don't see that. Again, even some of these high profile classes, you don't see that everywhere. RJ Jones, and again, everyone wants to talk about how great the state of Texas is with football. It's unmatched, it's unmatched. But it is one of the top five basketball states nowadays. And he's the number one player in Texas. Again, he's he's going to spend a senior year up at a prep school in Utah. But you are grabbing the number one player in Illinois and the number one player in Texas. These are guys who who are going to come in to the the Octagon of Doom 3.0 and not be scared away of playing a big Monday game versus a top 15 Texas Tech team. They know the pressure. Every single high school gym they went in, they were public enemy number one. And these guys are actual dogs. It, it, we, we, are, we are going to see a quality in this 2023 class we literally haven't seen since the Michael Beasley and Bill Walker era. And, and that's, not to, that's not me putting one and done potential on these guys because I don't know. I don't know if they can be that. They have big years. R.J. Jones at 6'3", combo guard. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a lottery pick. But if he has a big year, he definitely could be a future NBA guy. He could be a future round one guy. And like I pointed out, we have not seen two top 80 guys since Michael Beasley and Bill Walker. And they're not done. This staff isn't done. Moving forward in this 2023 class, it will be interesting to see how they continue to go about things. You know, you currently are going to have four guards on the roster with Day-Day Ames, with R.J. Jones, Cam Carter, and Dorian Finister who are there. You have four guys who can play the one and two. Are they going to try to find another guard? Are they going to focus specifically on wings, a stretch four? Uh, basketball is moving away from that traditional center. I don't know how much they're going to really be going after that, especially since you do have Colbert who will be coming back. I actually think that they should probably just maybe, if you're going to have a bigger two on the roster, I think you just, you know, take care of that in the portal, kind of let a year or two of seasoning happen in college. Because again, it is, uh, something that modern basketball is moving away from and it is tough to really identify a guy to play that role so I I would be fine with that so I would really be looking at them to be finding some of those bigger guards guys who can play on the wing guys who can play on uh, as a stretch four 
That's what I'm going to be looking for. There's a couple names being floated out there by RJ Jones himself in his Instagram live uh, when he announced his commitment. There's some sounds that Day Day Ames is going after a few guys. Look, anything can happen. I, I would be shocked if we don't grab at least one more top 150 type guy. But here's the thing. They've already laid the groundwork. They are setting themselves to have such a salty roster for the 23 season. And then hell, even in the 24 season. This staff has done an amazing job also coming in and getting a great scholarship distribution. Currently, as everything stands, you still have three more spots to fill for next season. Depending on if anyone else with eligibility leaves and moves on. Now, in modern college sports, you would say that there's a good chance that's going to happen. There's a good chance that someone with eligibility will leave and there will be more than three to fill. That's just the way the world works now. But it will be interesting to see, do they go after three more high school prep guys? Do they only go for one more and hold two back for transfers? That is going to be something to really keep an eye on, especially after they get one more to pop. If they were to grab a high-profile, elite-level blue-chip wing or stretch four, I mean, again, I have a podcast, I'm not a coach, but I would almost think that you hold on to those and try to find some transfers to fill the gaps. But again, we'll see what happens. Um, But it's been a long time since it's been this fun to follow K-State basketball recruiting. Now, we had a class, you know, late in the Bruce era where you had a lot of 150 guys, and, and, and that was fun. And it is fun to follow basketball recruiting because, again, you get to see those high numbers. You know, you get to see all those four stars. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And we're going to keep following it, uh, keep waiting for another. It's a great day to be a Wildcat tweet from Jerome Tang. Um, But, again, all eyes are focused now on uh, Keontae Johnson, and we're going to see if we can get him in. Uh, And, again, we're about – what, two, three weeks from class starting up. We're about two months out from practice starting and exactly from when I'm recording this, three months from the first game of the Jerome Tang era. Granted, I think we'll see an exhibition or two versus one of the local Kansas Division II schools. We will migrate into a little bit of college football, K-State football talk to end the show, which is tough because, again, when you grab a four-star, you you grab a top 80 player like that, that is definitely going to take the bulk of the time. But before we do, remember, we're going live 7 p.m. on ColorCast, 7 p.m. in God's time zone. Keep an eye on the Twitter account. Um, I'll, I'll tweet out the topic list uh, Wednesday afternoon, and we will go from there. And then also, again, I wonder if I've done a good enough job of pausing and slugging down some of this 785 lager from my friends over at Manhattan Brewing. It is the 
Most delicious lager I've had in a long time. Again, they have over 15 beers on tap over at Manhattan Brewing Company. It is the spot I want to go anytime I'm in Manhattan because y'all know how much I love a good craft brewery. It's a fun space. It's my favorite type of brewery because the brewing equipment is all exposed. They got good music. They got the stickers everywhere. It is the best place to have what I think is probably the freshest beer in the entire Sunflower State. So next time you're in Manhattan, go down to Points, drink a couple pints, and then guess what? Take a four-pack home with you because that's what I did. I took I took my fair share because, again, you're going to hear a different beer of the pod every single episode this week because my friends at Manhattan Brewing are sponsoring this week. And, folks, it is delicious. I love their 785 Lager. I can't wait. I can't wait to keep drinking these beers on the pod and talking about them throughout the week. Let's get into football um, because here's the thing: in week one of camp, and, and we didn't get a Chris Kleiman press conference. If you're listening to this on a release day, he will be speaking with the media at noon. I think it's going to be on ESPN Plus and K State Sports on Facebook. So if you want to watch live, that's where to do it. Um, So you don't get a lot of news because there was no uh, press conference. Uh, And honestly, first week of camp, that is probably the good thing. You don't want to hear rumors of any big injuries, any big fights. Uh, You get to dissect every single second of the, you know, minute and 13 second clips they tweet out after practice. Um, It's fun. It's the fun part, fall camp, doing all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, the, the, there was one piece of news, and you, you never like seeing this, but it's understandable. Devin Weathers has left the team running back. I think he was scheduled and slated to be the fourth string running back. Now, this is what I'm going to say about it, and it's not to minimize it because, again, I think You've had a lot, I don't think, I know you have had a lot of problems retaining running backs in the Chris Kleiman era. Now, the good part about that is it's Deuce Vaughn. You have a consensus All-American. You have a future NFL draft pick. You have a Heisman dark horse. You have the best running back in the conference. With all respect to B. John Robinson, you have the best running back in in the conference. So of course it's going to be a little bit tougher to keep guys around. But when you only have four scholarship running backs on the team, when you were in a situation where Jack Stanine was having to play a lot of running back in spring ball, because again, you have so few running backs, you're never cheering seeing one of those running backs leave the team. Now this was a guy who was, uh, in the contention, or maybe even won the Missouri Gatorade Player of the Year, his senior year of high school. Originally, I thought he was going to be a linebacker, um, but the staff brought him in, uh, ended up slotting him at running back. Again, I think he had some injury issues. Uh, He was behind big Tony Frias. He was behind DJ, the Blue Jay Giddens. Um, So he was looking at probably first day of fall camp, saw where he was on the depth chart and decided uh, it was time to go. Again, not something you want to see. But as far as things go, as far as uh, bad news in fall camp, 
that's that's pretty bearable. That's pretty bearable. Now, again, I haven't heard a lot of stuff, but I will share some of the highlights of things that I have heard. Again, Adrian Martinez is out there zipping the ball around. I think that is great. I hear there's a great battle going on between Big Tony Frias and DJ the Blue Jay Giddens uh, for that running back number two spot. I'm hearing good things about the wide receivers and the rapport they're getting with Adrian Martinez. Again, a lot of that happened from the captain's practices this summer from self-run seven-on-seven, and that's what you want to hear. That was my worry, but I, I'm hearing that that is not something that we're going to have to really uh, keep us up at night. Now, if people watch social media, if people are watching the videos like a hawk, you would see that Sincere Mason is out there and he is practicing. Now, that's not the craziest news in the world, but at Big 12 Media Days during those breakout sessions, the bullpen sessions, uh, Coach Kleiman did say Sincere Mason was behind guys like Will Honus and even Khalid Duke when it comes to recovering from an injury. Especially with the situation you have in the defensive backfield, with the lack of experience, Sincere Mason was a guy who came in last year. So getting him back on the field, uh, them not being afraid to show him in some of these Instagram pictures and hype videos, that's a pretty good sign. That's a pretty good sign. Again, you're, we're really kind of grasping at stuff to talk about fall camp because, again, not a lot came out. I'm sure we'll have stuff to talk about Wednesday or maybe with some of the other Blitz Month participants this week after we get, start getting some media availability. Uh, but, you know, that's what you have to go off of. Now, safety is the biggest question mark. And, and again, I acknowledge we're grasping for stuff. Uh, and, and maybe and maybe this is my sign that I should have gone pure 100% basketball on this episode. But uh, K-State Football always tweets out the weekly awards. The prize fighter of the week, which you see the little patches on their jerseys, is Kobe Savage. And then the disciplined winner was TJ Smith. So when you have two of those safeties, especially that those big question marks you have coming into fall camp, winning those weekly awards, you got you, you got to pat yourself on the back. You got to get a little excited. So it'll be a big week. We have Blitz Month continuing to roll on previewing the football season. I'm going to cut this one short because my show with Jimmy tomorrow is a longer one, but I promise it is a good one. Hoping to have Cole Manbeck on Wednesday. We will be going live Wednesday at 7 p.m. on ColorCast. That will be in your RSS feed on Thursday. And we'll have something for you on Friday as well. Previewing the K-State football season. Here's my task for you guys. If you're in the Manhattan uh, area, go in. Get yourself a four-pack or a couple pints in Manhattan Brewing Company. Tell them I sent you. Snap a picture of their uh, brewing tank with all the stickers on it. Find the Bosco's Boys sticker that actually has been there for quite a long time. Tell them Scott Wildcat sent you. Join me live Wednesday, 7 p.m. We might be doing our Big 12 overs and unders. We might be, I mean, since we got this RJ Jones news, we might have to, uh, we might have to, you know, push the Big 12 overs and unders out one more week. 
the the bonehead extravaganza is coming around. Uh, so so just stay tuned. Also, if you have time, if you have an Apple device, give me a five star review. Give Bosco's boys a five star review. I'm trying to get us up and over 300 by football kickoff. So if you could throw us a nice little review, I would appreciate it. So. For Chauncey Bosco, the Super Pup, for Manhattan Brewing Company, for my former co-host Grant underscore KSU, he's back on Twitter, go find him, for the good folks of Bonehead Nation, I am Scott Wildcat, I'm signing off, again, big week, blitz month, big month, we love you guys, and we ride. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you wanna be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the air. Podcast Network.